You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast. My name is Rachel Autry, and I get to chat with so many amazing women about things that they're walking through in life, have walked through in life, or I'd consider them complete experts in truly to share their wisdom, their encouragement, their giggles, and funny stories with all of us just to meet us where we are, which is so much fun. So imagine this just being like a casual conversation. Grab your cup of whatever you'd like, coffee, tea, or something fun. Join us for a conversation today that is going to be a lot of fun, a little heavy, but really empowering, especially if you have walked through pregnancy loss. Now, pregnancy loss is a whole conversation, obviously, from miscarriage, infant loss, whatever, infertility, the idea and the dreams of what our children would be when they aren't met with reality can be really stinking hard. So we've had a conversation about miscarriage, loss, and infertility with my friend Jamie Lindor. In our summer series from this past summer, we will link it for you in the show notes so you can go over and listen to it because it was such a blessing to my soul and I know it's going to be for yours too. So if you have firsthand experienced this, or maybe you know somebody that has. This will equip you with the tools necessary to have the conversations, to get in their shoes, and to really wrestle things out. But today's conversation is going to tackle another perspective and dynamic of this pregnancy loss. How in the world do you walk through a pregnancy courageously, boldly, excitedly after losing a pregnancy? It feels awkward. feels really stumbly. It is interesting to say the least. And I can say that because I am sitting here with a big belly and a baby that's kicking my ribs. That is my rainbow baby. It is beautiful and has a story and a purpose. But there has also been a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, a lot of celebration and everything in between after walking through our loss right before this pregnancy. So today, Jenny Albers is meeting with us to talk all the things, courageously expecting a child, maybe after you've lost one. It's beautiful. It's abundant. It's fruitful. It's life-giving. It's an overflow of her own experience as well. And I am just so honored that you press play today because there's something inside this conversation that's just for you. Jenny, welcome to Behind the Bliss podcast. I am just so honored to have you. This is like the funny part of the podcast world. I feel like people don't see is the logistics and the kids and the momming and the like quote unquote balance that I'm like, I so appreciate you being here. I want my friends listening to appreciate you being here too. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. No problem at all. I know how it is. Life is crazy. Crazy, crazy. But (laughs) this is one of those conversations. I was like, I'm fighting to have this conversation because I think it's missing. And we'll kind of dive into that um, a little bit more. But before we go there, I want you to introduce yourself to our friends that are listening to you maybe for the first time. Just tell us who you are, what you do, what life looks like for Jenny. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Jenny Albers. Um, I've got two living children. I'm a loss mom. I write a lot about pregnancy loss and pregnancy after loss. Um, and I just had a book come out called Courageously Expecting, which is specific to pregnancy after loss. And so I just really love talking to women um, about their experiences. I like to share my experiences, especially with loss, um, because it was just such a big moment in my life. Um, mm-hmm a big season. It wasn't, it was more than a moment. Um, but I just really love talking with women and being a support to women who have or are going through that. Um, because I know how hard it is to go through it and I know how hard it is to feel alone as you're Mm. going through it. Yeah. Alone is a great word, which is so interesting. Cause I think if we look at statistics, statistics say you're not alone. That what is it? One in four women mm-hmm. will lose their pregnancy. You could d- deep dive into that more and say, like, you know, late term, early term, all the things. Like, yes, but it's just wild. Yes, and I, you know, that's what I've realized over the years. You know, for about I don't know that first year or two. Um, mm-hmm. So I had two losses, and after that, you know, and for a while longer, 
I did feel very alone. Um, and I would read stories like online or I was in groups online, but no one in my real life was talking about it. And mm-hmm. you know, what I discovered is once you start talking about it or once people, you know, start like seeing something that you wrote or, you know, like, Oh, you put something online or you wrote a blog post, whatever it is, then they start talking to you about it. And I'm like, why aren't we all just talking about this? Because there are so many people I knew who had experienced loss that I didn't know about until I started talking about it. So that would have been so helpful to me um, if I had known and if they had brought it to my attention earlier in in whatever way, you know, that happened. But yeah. Why do you think it is? I'm still trying to figure it out. So I'm asking because I'm like, have you figured it out? Like, why is it that it's not? I mean, obviously it's not like, hey, I'm Rachel last name Autry. And this just happened. Like, it's not something you necessarily are excited to share. But why is it that like, once we do share those intimate conversations with people, it it still takes us a while to get there. Do you have a theory? Why? I'm curious. My theory. I do not have a theory. Why? I think it's just such a personal loss. I mean, it's just not, it's not like my mom died. Well, people knew your mom, right? You have friends who had hung out with your mom or whatever, or your sibling or your friend. Um, it's like a hidden loss. And I think there's so much shame still involved with it too, which I mean, I can, but I, I felt that and mm-hmm. I'm sure so many people still do. And it's such an odd thing to feel shameful about when you have no control over it and it, and you haven't done anything wrong. And so, man, it, that's a hard question that I don't have an answer to. I, I think yeah. it's just a combination of at least those couple things and probably so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things that um, when we so candidly, just so people know the context of this conversation, because this is a beautiful thing that it's happening. Um, we, Thomas and I figured out, my husband and I figured out we were pregnant with our second, oh my goodness, when was this? Like back in uh, December of last year, so about a year ago. Um, Jenny, your book was coming out. And so your people called my people kind of thing. <laughs> and we're like, hey, we'd love for Jenny to be on the show. And I was like, oh, absolutely. I love this just because I had had friends that that was part of their story, either to conceive their first or whatever. Like that was something they were walking through. And I was like, for them, I want to do this for them, you know, for the other people. Never considered it, I guess, to be a po- potential possibility for us. And a few weeks later, we ended up miscarrying. And I had to candidly say, you know what? I don't know if I'm able to show up to this conversation at the moment. So just one second, I'll I'll circle back, I swear. Um, So here we are. But for people, maybe listeners that didn't know, this is part of my story too. So if I interject stories, it's not because I'm an expert. It's because I'm quite the opposite. Like I'm still learning, but I'm having to learn firsthand. And that's something you said that is so beautiful that kind of gave me a lot of permission to just do this the way it needed to be done personally for me was uh, you're losing something someone never knew existed that you never even really got to know either, which is such a weird concept. So yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah. That would be one of the reasons for sure in my book. Yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear almost like, what was it the trigger point where you thought, okay, this needs to be a resource, a conversation, a something for other people out there. Like if it's not happening, the conversation, it doesn't exist. Like here I am, send me kind of thing. I want to know that story too. Cause I think there might even be some people listening who have been there, who are walking through it and are like, you know what? It's not today, but I am excited for the day where I can talk about this triumphantly. So I almost want you to share that testimony of how you got to a place to be able to speak about it and lead conversations. <laughs> yeah. So just going way back. Um, so we had two losses after having a living child. So I had my daughter and then we had an early loss and then we had a 20 week loss and then I became pregnant again. And so after my second loss, I, I mean, I was, I was devastated. I have never felt such deep grief. Um, I have never lost anyone super close to me. And mm-hmm. while this was an unborn child. So again, like a weird kind of relationship, right? Um, I just, I had never experienced real grief before. And so it just broke me. And so during that season, I repeatedly 
I won't say I heard the voice of God. It could have just been my brain. Um, but I repeatedly heard the words, you're going to do something with this just over and over for like months. Um, and I would think to myself, what am I going to like start a blog or something? Um, and I was just, I can't keep up with a blog. That sounds so silly. Um, but I think I had that idea of writing because I had read so much online. I had read so many other stories of women who had lost babies. And that was like just such a gift to me to be able to have those stories because nobody was talking about it in my real life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I did really kind of feel this call to write. Now, I did not start writing about it until my son, who is my rainbow baby, um, was one year old. So it had been a couple of years. since my losses to the time that I began writing about it. And I mean, it's just such a weird thing. I can't like pinpoint a moment. I just knew that it was time and it had been, you know, kind of in my brain for at least a couple of years. And so I wanted to start putting my story out there um, because I just felt so strongly about it. And I felt so strongly about having these conversations that weren't being had um, at the time. Mm-hmm. And then moving forward. So I'm writing about loss and I'm submitting to different places online and I'm blogging, you know, which I was like, Oh, I guess I'm going to start a blog. Um, (laughs) and then never say never. I know it's so it's just funny. Um, but as far as the pregnancy after loss and writing a book about pregnancy after loss, I just really felt strongly that it was there was something missing in the conversation because we have gotten better at talking about loss. Um, There are numerous books out there for pregnancy loss. There are groups out there for pregnancy loss. Um, But pregnancy after loss is not talked about. And I think it's so misunderstood because the outside world, if you haven't experienced loss, we think, oh, you're pregnant again. That's great. Everything's great. Everything's going to work out. This is just what you wanted. This fixes everything. And that is absolutely not true. And so I really wanted to have a resource for women who are pregnant after loss or who know that they would like to become pregnant after loss um, just to normalize the experience. Because again, like when you're kind of an outsider, you do not understand why this person you're talking to, for example, me, um, was not buying things for my baby yet, was not having a baby shower. I wasn't getting a nursery ready. I wasn't even really all that excited. I was, but I was not able to display that because I was also so anxious. Yes. And I knew that maybe this baby wouldn't be coming home. Um, and I did not want to have all these plans and a nursery set up only for something terrible to happen again and and for that nursery to never be used. Yeah. Or to have to go back. Now I did announce earlier the fourth time around because I knew that I would need the support. Um, but I didn't want to have to, you know, I didn't want to set out like pregnancy announcements say, and then go back and say, never mind, you know, so mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just, it's such a misunderstood part of life after you've experienced loss. And anyways, so I wanted to open up the conversation about that and just kind of be a light in that space that you are not alone here. Um, and what you are experiencing is so very normal. And dynamic. Like, yes, yes. there's so much to this that it's okay if you don't feel like you're walking it out well, because you might yes. not figure it out this side of heaven. Right. Exactly. Um, and there's, there's okay. It's okay. Um, I, this is something I'm really excited for because we have had a conversation on the show since I lost baby number two, which we named Harlow. Mm. Um, and it was beautiful. It was very candid. It was with one of my friends, Jamie Lindor, and I will link that in the show notes because I think it was one of those, uh, great, heavy cry, laugh, like just, we're going to chat through what this is like, but there is a dot, dot, dot at the end of it. Like this is like, yes, you lost something, but there's still opportunity for you to experience joy in the same realm again, which is so strange. So like, I've, I like, I lost my dad whenever I was in high school and that's a different kind of grief. Like we were talking about, I knew him or whatnot, but there's nothing that's going to necessarily like replace my dad because I got to know him to a place where I'm like, 
there's no one else on earth like him, you know? Right. And, but different because I never got to know Harlow. I don't even know if Harlow was a boy or a girl. I can't, like, I couldn't even conceive an idea of what life would have been like with them to where now when I'm carrying this baby, who we we still don't know if this baby's a boy or a girl. And I'm like very close to the end. But I, I'm not, like, I can't, not that I'm replacing Harlow by any means, but because I didn't know them this has left us like such a very weird, different dynamic type of pregnancy after knowing the potential, the opportunity, the possibility, but also the gift of life. So anyways, this conversation, like I said, dynamic, I think is the word here because there's so many facets and variables and layers to expecting after a loss. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everyone's story is so unique. Um, Me, you, we have, had living children prior to loss. Um, many people have not, some people have five kids and then they have a loss, you know? And so they're there. I mean, it's just so unique, so many similarities, but also so unique in every experience that we all experience differently to some degree. Um, and man, I could just talk about it forever <laughs> before we get there because i do want I'm, we're like we're gonna go there for sure because there's a reason people click play today they need this um but i want you to share this is like one of my favorite things whenever i figure out there's a sister of mine that like shares this unfortunate event in life i'm always like what is the thing i feel like for me at least there was this one thing that a friend shared with me that i was like there's a lot of things people are saying wrong but that was right like that yeah. was that was spirit breathed. I needed to hear that. Did you have a moment like that where you had either a revelation on your own or someone else encouraged you? And you're like, you know what? That actually helps. And what was it? Well, the thing that stands out to me isn't related specifically to pregnancy loss, but it is related to pregnancy after loss. So typically, right. When I like tell a friend I'm pregnant again, you know, and I'm like whispering it and like, sure. don't start yeah. crying. Um, <laughs> there's like excitement on the other end, right? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You know, like that kind of thing. Well, when I told my mom, her first response was, are you scared? And that wasn't a revelation for me. I was scared. Um, but that was the most comforting thing that somebody said to me during pregnancy after loss, because no one else realized this must be really hard. I gave you the permission to be afraid, right? Like, Oh, this is normal. Of course you would be scared because you've had these two losses prior. And so that just spoke into me so deeply it didn't fix anything, um, but it did help. And I did feel understood in that moment. Um, and I'm trying to think pregnancy loss. I mean, gosh, I just do not remember anyone saying anything <laughs> helpful. Um, I'll get back to you on that. You're like easier to no, tell you what not to say. Mostly, <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the things that were painful were people ignoring it, people knowing and just kind of oh, it's, how's the weather today? Oh, beautiful day outside, you know? And it's like, this just happened. It's okay for you to talk about it. Like, I would like you to say something, you you know, just, Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. That's all. Um, So yes, I unfortunately don't have anything that I can contribute to what was really helpful. Um, Nobody, nobody said anything really helpful (laughs) to me. So anyway, sorry, I'm no help there. Well, no, I would say, I would challenge you to be like, no, I think there was something in there, which is kind of funny because it was what someone told me and they were like, you can feel however you feel. Like you can oh, be see, scared. Oh, see, no, that's helpful. Yeah. Or you can be relieved. Like you're yeah. allowed to be relieved. Like you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed, you know what I mean? And that gave me the permission to be like, yeah, there was a, there was a percentage of me that was a bit relieved. Like I, I mean, I'm just going to be very forward and say that like I, I was about to have two under one and a half. Right. Like I was, it was a surprise. We were not trying. This is a little love baby. So I was like, I think, yeah, like 5% of me was relieved. A lot of me was sad. A lot yeah. of me was unfamiliar and traumatized with just the biology of it all. Like there were so many feelings, but when someone said, you can feel however, like you need to feel, there's no, you should be X amount sad and X amount, whatever. I think it helped me walk through it a little bit more authentically within myself. I didn't have to like battle the tension. Right. Well, I love that too, that you brought that up because you are not the first person to say to me, I, you didn't say you felt guilty, but 
people have said yeah. to me, I feel guilty because I'm so sad that I lost this baby. But, but I, I wasn't excited when baby. I saw positive. Right. Yeah. And so, man, that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> that we could probably go on and on about. So, but it's, sure. it's an important one and it's a different perspective that when we are supporting people who have had a loss, that doesn't come up a lot, right? We don't, we don't right. talk about that. And so I love that you brought that up. Um, so everyone is welcome here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like no yes. matter how traumatic, untraumatic, how far along you were, how early it was, it doesn't matter. Like this is a conversation for you. And there is, like we kept saying, like there is a, a dot, dot, dot to the end of this. Yeah. It's never really, the story is never fully written. And experiencing pregnancy afterwards could mean something completely different to you based on your circumstance. But Jenny is the girl for this conversation to help us figure out what do we do with all these feelings and layers and whatnots. Let me, I'm going to go back because I just thought of a little bit of an answer to the question that I didn't have an answer to about what was helpful or like what did someone say? So this is, this is maybe a little bit different of an answer, but um, I had a friend become pregnant about six months after our third loss. So after our 20 week loss, I was devastated. Um, I was still in a really bad place. I knew that she was, she and her husband were trying to become pregnant. And so I had sort of been bracing myself for that news. Um, Mm -hmm. So we had kids around the same age. They came over to play one day um, and, you know, we were just sitting around talking and she took my hand and she said, I need to tell you something. You do not have to be happy for me, but I'm pregnant. You do not have to be excited. I understand this is is painful. Yes. And so it wasn't, um, I I think other people would handle that differently. And, but I so appreciated that she gave me permission being a friend of mine and you would expect your friends to be excited for you when they tell you that they're pregnant. Right. And that would be a lovely response to have, but she knew how deeply I was still hurting and she gave me that permission to say that's really painful for me to hear. Um, and I wish I were pregnant. And this was around the time that I would have been having my baby. This was around my due date. So, you know, all these things kind of came together. Um, but that was helpful. That was really helpful um, for someone to say, I don't expect you to be celebrating with me right now when you're grieving. And that looks different for everyone. And so many women have said, I'm so happy for my friends, even though I'm really suffering. I was not that person who could say that at that time. Um, and so I just appreciated my friend so much, um, you know, in the middle of her happy moment, still seeing me and still honoring yeah. my grief. We all need a friend like that. For yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's a good one. I like that a lot. Um, good notes to take for when we're telling friends what we're expecting or receiving the news of right. expecting. Um, yeah. I want to start at almost like a chronological viewpoint of what this pregnancy after loss could look like because I feel like with each stage there's almost like a new <laughs> a new way you're on on your toes you know because I think you know you just you just appreciate life and the fragility yeah. of it so much more being like wow we made it it's like 20 weeks well we made it like 30 weeks um what would be your encouragement, which, okay, just, just so people know, spoiler alert, like, I don't want you to tell me all about your book. Because, oh, I do, I do, I do. But I don't want you to spill the contents because I want people to go and get it. Okay. Sure. So like, <laughs> you don't have to tell me all the things that are inside because if people are listening and they want more information, I am going to shamelessly plug you and say, we'll link <laughs> it in the show notes. It's a great resource. Go grab it. It has helped me a ton this, this round. Um, but for the people that maybe just got the positive pregnancy test or they're waiting to take one after a loss or they desire to be pregnant and it just like hasn't happened yet again, all different. But similarly, when we're waiting on that edge of expectation, what has been your encouragement for them to trade fear or to embrace fear? It could be that too um, in those moments. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for me, the biggest question, and it goes, you know, in the loss experience and pregnancy loss experience, what if, you know, so loss, 
what if I had done it this way? Or what if we had just waited a little longer? Or what if I had gone to the doctor sooner? I mean, there's so many what ifs. Um, usually none of them are answered. Um, and so then in pregnancy after loss, I mean, every like step of the way is what if I get a pregnancy or a positive pregnancy test? Well, what if I start bleeding? What if I start bleeding tomorrow? What if I don't make it to even my first appointment? And then you make it to the first appointment. Well, what if I don't make it to my next appointment? What if I start bleeding? I mean, like the constant, what if I start bleeding? What if there's no heartbeat? Um, what if something goes wrong? I mean, that question never left me. Um, but I do like to think, what if, what if we kind of flipped that around and what if everything's great? And what if this baby yeah. comes home? And what if I go to my appointment tomorrow and there's this beautiful heartbeat that I get to listen to? Um, so really kind of just flipping the script on that phrase. And I mean, I, love that. I, I hate the term positivity, like positivity. Um, <laughs> okay. I won't even go down that road, but no, so I, I don't, I, so I don't mean that to say, I yeah, I don't mean that to say, Oh, just think positively and everything's going to be great. That is not the case, but we need a break from the negative thoughts and from just the constant swirling, anxious talk in our brain. And so I do think it is better or at least a good thing to at times, um, kind of flip the switch in your brain and think what if things turn out okay and what if I get yeah. to bring this baby home yeah funny I think that 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 flipped for me around 20 weeks this time I think okay. whenever I got to 20 weeks I was like oh, I could take a deep breath I could be a little bit more relieved I felt a little bit more comfortable just sharing about it with friends like bringing up the conversation to baby wasn't as uncomfortable for me maybe because it felt like a milestone but I think at the same time I realized like or someone, I think someone randomly was like, wow, you're halfway through. And I kind of got sad because I was like, I'm halfway through and I've only feared this whole process. And that's not fair for this kid. Yeah. That's not that's not fair for this child for me to think back on their pregnancy and it be marked by fear and anxiety and be like, yes. I didn't celebrate you like I celebrated Maddox and that hurts me. Like I'm going to start yes. crying. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, like, I don't want that to be, have to be a confession for them. Be like, I was right. terrified my entire time I carried you. One, not fair. Two, not healthy. <laughs> and right. three, like, I just, I want so many memories to be tied to the beauty and the gratitude. I'm like, okay, even if I only make it to 20 weeks, like, praise God, mm -hmm. like we got further and they became something. I got to know them for a little longer, carry that, whatever, like finding, which sounds again, like you said, it sounds a little positive. Like it could be a little icky, but <laughs> the, the freedom I felt when I was like, yeah. I'm allowed to celebrate this. However Absolutely. long it lasts, 40 weeks, 38 weeks, 20 weeks, whatever. Like this is mine to celebrate. And by golly, I'm going to freaking celebrate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, yeah. And that's, I yeah. mean, that is one of the reasons that I wrote the book too, is because I am several years out now and looking mm -hmm. back, I do have regrets very much related to what you're talking about. Um, I didn't celebrate like I would have liked to. I do not have the pictures that I have, you know, when I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, and so every step of the way was terrifying. And I wish that I would have done a little bit more to celebrate. I wish I would have recorded more like happy moments. I have journals full of like, this is terrible, you know, like all the bad things. But I wish I would have really focused more um, on the milestones, whatever, whatever that might look like, or might have looked like for me personally. Um, and I didn't do that. And so that is part of where the encouragement in the book comes in is like, don't miss this because I did. And I do regret it. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> yeah. I think it could like wake people up out of slumber. Yeah. Just being a bigger sister or just even a further, a little bit ahead and being like, right. Hey, yeah. yeah. Red flag. Yeah. Yep. Hey, you're doing this wrong. And I'm going to straight <laughs> up tell you it could be different. It could be better. Yeah. Um, cause I think something someone once told me was a lot of times the only person standing in our way is ourself. Yes. And what does it look like to get out of our own way and to get out of our own head and just to like fully embrace it on the sad days, be super sad. Like if you feel those tears at your eyeballs, let them come out. And if you feel like laughing and giggling and just being like, Oh, I'm so grateful. Like, whatever I'll, you're allowed to I think there's no rule book for this but right um so cool when someone's like hey 
Hey, sis. <laughs> but I also think like you're only allowed to say that if you're someone who's been there. So that's like right. a friend right. who has not lost a baby or who has not experienced pregnancy after loss, I would not have received that well. Exactly. If somebody yes. who didn't know was like, oh, hey, like get over it. You're fine. You know, but someone who's yeah, been disclaimer. there. Yeah, disclaimer. That's a great right. <laughs> Yeah. So like someone who's been there can maybe gently guide you through that, you know, can give you some gentle advice. But if you haven't been there, maybe stay away from the advice. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. If you're a friend listening who's trying to love on a friend, don't go there. <laughs> but <laughs> I would love for you to kind of share what it was like near the end of your pregnancy, carrying your rainbow baby. Did you feel more like, and all the above could be a thing, relieved, um, excited, just anxious to do it again? Like, what was that like once you had kind of felt like, what I know is losing a pregnancy. Okay. We've completed the pregnancy. I'm off the hook. Like, what did that feel like? Would love to just hear you. I did not feel relieved until he was born and he was fine and crying Mm -hmm. and in my arms. And so I never got to the point of just kind of like pure, like peace and freedom and um, excitement. So it was almost for me like the closer I got to delivery, the more scared I got. Like it just felt this is like, this is too good to be true. How, Mm -hmm. how on earth did I make it to 36 weeks or 37 weeks or 38 weeks? And then by that time, I mean, I would have loved to have like a C-section, which I mean, there's lots of thoughts on C-sections, but I, in my head was so convinced that like, once I hit 36 weeks, my baby would be safer outside than inside. Um, so now here we go. I made it, I was 42 weeks or 41 weeks, sorry. So, you know, I went over and, um, we had like some false alarms and like all this different stuff. Um, so no, I, I never got to the point of like, okay, everything's great. Everything's fine. Um, I, I became more terrified, like that this has to end now. So that I, so that everything will be okay. So again, that's me personally, but I also think that's pretty common just based on so many conversations that I've had. Like I did not breathe until I, my baby was in my arms. So, hmm. um, and I would love to hear how you feel since you're right in it right now. <laughs> I was going to say, we are huffing and puffing through the last few days yeah. and I kind of feel yeah. similarly. I'm like, I, I feel both. I think, yeah. uh, my last appointment, they did the whole ultrasound to see how baby was positioned and how much fluid I had left, all the things. And they made the comment like, you know, you're right on track. And I was like, oh, man, I kind of wanted them to be like, wow, baby's ready to go yes. you know, or be dilated or whatever. They're like, no, like your body's doing yeah. it. So I was equally proud. I was like, wow, my body's doing it. Like, I remember that being a word that my doctor said was like, you're good at this. Like, your body's really good at this. And that felt really cool. I was like, I am proud of my body for doing this. Um, And no shame on my body for not doing it the first time, like the second time. So that was cool. But at the same time, I am very anxious to meet baby because it feels like such a so we got pregnant just so people understand the calendar. We got pregnant with this baby very closely after we lost second. People kind of forgot to tell us that you are like extremely fertile after you miscarry. So this is one of those babies. <laughs> I We were tracking everything. Shouldn't have happened. We are like one of the phenomenons. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so now that I'm here and I'm carrying this baby, it's a really cool concept to think like, this baby, this life, this legacy, their testimony, their stories, who they become, who they meet, all the things wouldn't exist had Harlow been here on earth with us. And so sad, like with lo- like I said earlier, I would love to have gotten to know who Harlow was going to be, but beautiful because I'm like, I can't wait to know the purpose of this life. Right. It took the loss of Harlow for God's plan to bring this baby forward. And so I just feel like a emphasis almost on their purpose. So I think that's why I'm extremely excited to meet them. Cause I'm like, you must be something special to have taken us through all that. Like you, yeah. you better be worth it. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I, yeah, both. That's how I feel. Yeah. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, yeah. Well, like for me, I was like, 
okay, like 37 weeks is full term, right? Like considered full term. And so when you get there, you know, I was like, okay, well, like, let's just do this. Like everything's fine. You could come out safely, um, you know, without any issue, probably he was a pretty big baby at 41 weeks, you know? So, um, I, it was like, anytime now, anytime, like, let's just, let's just get you out. Um, and so something that was helpful too, was that my doctor gave me, uh, she asked me if I wanted to be induced. Um, and I did, uh, this is a little bit of a giveaway, I guess, but so I was induced at 39 weeks, which I was like, thank you. Like, oh, I was praying for, you know, just to be seen, um, by, by my healthcare professionals. And I was so grateful that they gave me that option. And so I was induced at 39 weeks and it didn't work. And so I had to go home. home. I'm like, how, like, I didn't even know it couldn't work. I would have like, why didn't anybody tell me that? And so I had to go home and wait another two weeks. And I mean, it just felt like an eternity and I cried, you know, I just, I was so sure, um, that that was like bad news or like some kind of Mm -hmm. bad sign, you know, um, which I don't even really believe in signs, but you know, you get in your head and yeah. You come up with your own story. Um, so anyway, that was, that was another hard part towards the end is once again, things did not go as planned, um, you know, and everything worked out and, you know, everything was fine at the end, but it was just such a long road. Yeah. I get that. Um, deep question, but I want to go there. What is something, uh, let me back up. I do feel like a lot of the conversations I have with friends, once we figure out that we share the similarity of losing a child or um, are walking through pregnancies, post-pregnancy lot, like just the difficulty of it all, once we can appreciate it together, we easily get into like a faith kind of based conversation because it's so hard if you, if you do have a relationship with the Lord to look at this through a lens of... Um, I don't, I think everything gets taken into question, right? Like you figure out, do I believe what I believe about God? Do I believe what I believe about my body? Do I believe what I believe? Like everything you're like, identity to crisis. (laughs) I'm not sure about quite anything in life right now. Um, What was that like walking that through in your relationship with God? Like, was it, did you have something again, beautifully revealed to you? Is it something you feel like you just have this one message where you're like, this is what really freed me up to figure it out. I just, I kind of want to hear what does that look like for you on yeah. this side? I mean, obviously I was angry. Um, someone asked me, you know, are you angry at God? And I was angry, but I don't know that I was angry at God. And that's what I told her. Um, mostly for me, I felt like I was being punished. And so mm. I did a lot of like mental gymnastics about well, it must be because I'm a bad mom to my daughter. I must not be a good enough mom. It must be like something that I did here or something that I did there that um, God is now punishing me by not giving me another child. Um, And so that was a huge focus in my grief. Um, And everyone is different. Um, Now, it it sounds like it was more justice driven, like, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because like what other, like there had to be a reason, right? And so, the reason was because I did something wrong, um, which isn't true, but I'm, that's just where my headspace was, um, at right. that time. Now, kind of on the flip side, I did have this very strong sense and I would often think, um, or, you know, maybe it was a message that God was giving me kind of like I talked about before, like, you're going to do something with this. You are going to do something with this. Um, and I have never been one to be open about anything in life, especially hard things. I have never been a vulnerable person. Um, and so somehow here I am and here I have been for the last several years, just kind of spilling it all out there. Um, and so I did have this hope that God was doing something. Um, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, I had this sense, I mean, right away, I think, you know, that this is going to change me. Um, and I had those thoughts right away. I knew that I was going to be changed by this. And I had hope in that, um, Mm -hmm. that, that somehow, some way I would be changed for the better. And again, I mean, I'm, not saying like, oh, this is why this happened so that you can be a better person. Um, but I do think God uses the really hard parts of our lives to do 
things, um, to do things that we maybe wouldn't have otherwise done. Yeah. Um, and so I do think he uses it to change us. And so that gave me hope, um, really kind of like clinging to the idea of that and really believing, um, that he was going to do something with my story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a really cool conversation with Alexandra Hoover. Um, I'll link that in the show notes too. And it's all about you know, how can I trust God if bad things happen or whatever that we deal with that? We wrestle with that really hard question. Bad things happen. How is God good if he's sovereign and he can say or approve, you know, like he's sitting up on his throne saying, check, yes, yes, okay. which isn't really how it happens. <laughs> but um, great conversation, conversation. If you are in your heart wrestling with all this, we get we get for real. We get real, real. Um but something that she said that I thought was so cool was if you were to see your destination and be like, oh, this is where God's going to take you. This is who you're going to become when you walk with him. This is the character you'll become. This is the people you'll meet, the people you'll reach, the light you'll be. Of course, we'd be like, oh, heck yeah, I want that. That's beautiful. I like that version of me. Well, he's like, all right, now here's your route. You are like, that is too dark, too narrow, too scary, too whatever, too cold. I can't do it. That's why a lot of times, like, it's just more beautiful if you trust him. And there is this huge act of faith being like, I don't know what it's going to take, but I want what you have for me. And when you sign up for that, there are really hard things and really beautiful things and a lot of in-between things to bring you to that version of yourself. And I feel like you can say this, and I feel like I am getting to that point where I can say this, that through this trial and walking through the loss would I have signed up for it had I known what it took? No. Like, I, no, I wouldn't have traded that life for anything, but it's not an option. Right. When I signed up to do life with Jesus and I like the version I'm becoming. I like the life I have. I'm learning to love the Lord I serve that I'm kind of like, okay, at all costs. And would I want to walk through it again? No. But knowing what he's done through it and the encouragement I found, the intimacy I have now. I kind of would like to think I'd sign up for a hard, another hard thing again to become yeah. a more refined version of me, which sounds so twisted. Yeah. But I'm like, but once you've done it, you're like, ooh, I was a doozy. Would yeah. not have picked it. But I like where I've, like, I like what I've become. Yes. Yeah. And that's my prayer for people listening. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that's where you are. And I think that that's why you're able to write so organically and beautifully and encourage people through all your resources because it's an overflow of being like, I've allowed myself to limit. I've allowed myself to feel this. And because I've allowed it, I've been able to also appreciate the joy and the beauty that come from the sorrow. I haven't just tried to mute everything and get through it. And right. it become this formula to where you get to the end and you're like, hmm. I'm still not sure where I yeah. fit in all of this. There's which no is formula. In grief. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to honor you for that because it's something that needs to be talked about. It is a very interesting corner of this pregnancy loss experience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm just grateful for you for stepping up. Oh, thank you. I'm like, I don't mind. <laughs> I'll be her. <laughs> I'll be her. What um, final encouragement would you have for someone who maybe purposely plus press play today? Because um, she fits somewhere in this equation, like has suffered through a loss and then is on the other side, hopeful, expectant, maybe even awaiting like me <laughs> on the edge of her seat. What would you have to say to her just to give her like a good hug? Yeah. So a couple of things. I always like to remind women that, you know, that there is purpose in this. Um, for me, after I had my two losses, it just felt like such a waste. Why would God give me these babies to just take them? It felt pointless. Mm -hmm. I was angry about that. Um, and why, and why my babies? Um, and so just kind of wrapped up in that, I like to remind women that not only does, does this whole story have a purpose, but the life of the baby or the babies you lost has purpose as well. Um, and I think it took me a while to, to get to a point where I could consider that. Um, because like I said, I was just, 
it, it just felt like such a waste of a life. Um, however, God has used, and, and I can say this about so many women that I've talked to, um, God has used the lives of their babies to do something great. And I don't mean like, oh, you, you know, like you're going to become mm-hmm. this really great person because of this. Um, but I mean, these are women who are now pouring into other women. Pregnancy loss is something that's always going to happen. Um, and like there are so many legacies of these little babies who have been lost um, that that still remain today and their stories are still yeah. being told and their stories are living on because those lives have caused the lives of their mothers to become huge servants for other people. Um, mm-hmm. And so anyways, I could go on about that. I'll try not to be rambly. Um, so I just, no, I love I just that. want like to remind you that, that the yeah. life of your baby at whatever gestation, it doesn't even matter. Um, that life was created with purpose um, and it was not a waste. That life was loved by God, just like you are loved by God. Um, and then I also just like to remind women too that, you know, when we're in the middle of grief, it feels endless. It feels like this is never going to get better. Um, I felt that for a very long time, just like I wasn't moving, my life wasn't moving, and it very much felt like the end um, for me. Um, And so maybe you're in that place today, but I just want to encourage you that this is not the end. It feels like that, and like the the weeks and the months and maybe even the years can be very long and dark, but there is something that God has in store for you whether that's another baby or whether it's just some other purpose for him or some other purpose that he is going to bring out of your story, none of this will be wasted. And so that's my spiel. <laughs> no, I love it. That's so neat. Um, the book of Job is like one of the most depressing ever. I know. Um, yeah. Because he just loses everything. And it's so sad. Um but it's so beautiful. I think one of like the very last verses in the last chapter, it says, but the Lord restored what the locusts had eaten and yeah. more like abundantly. Yeah. So like, he's not only going and restoration, to restoration. Yeah. I mean, that's yes. just such a good word to come back to all the time. Is, yes. yes. Everything will not be just going to like fill the hole and right. make sure it's e- equal soil. He's going right. to like dump you with what it takes for new growth like yes. he loves you and is yes, rooting absolutely. for you yes yeah I love that. well jenny you've got to tell us like where can people find more about you your book your resources if they're like oh this isn't enough i need more <laughs> just tell us shamelessly plug yourself oh sure yeah um so courageously expecting is my book and you can pick that up wherever books are sold um so amazon barnes and noble target.com um, anywhere books are sold, especially online. So, um, and then you can find me at jennyalbers.com. And if you're into social media, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Jenny Albers author. Love it. So fun. We'll link all that in the show notes too. So if people are trying to jot it down. Yeah, perfect. You. Uh, you can always find that online. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite question to always end the show with is what are you loving these days that you have to share with our friends listening? It oh man, what recipe? am I loving? Oh, Song? I feel like there's got to be something. What am I loving? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh like my gosh, like you just sprung this on me. Time. Yeah, I mean, can I say I love my cats? Is that weird? <laughs> you are allowed. <laughs> what to. am I loving? Yes. Oh, I okay. I wasn't prepared. Like, is there a product? What's on your Christmas list? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you're gonna make fun of me. No, not. There is no wrong answer. Because I'm an we old lady. Had some things. Okay. So, <laughs> they, okay. Up? I love board games. Yeah. And there's a version of Scrabble out there. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm such a nerd. Anyway, no. it's like a garden version of Scrabble and it's pink and green and it has flowers and it, okay. Like there it is. Uh, that's no, what I, I have love for Christmas, it. like a deluxe, really pretty Scrabble game. Um, oh my gosh, no. I'm embarrassed. Okay, but can no, I go somewhere I else? Yes. Okay, so yesterday, I'm in this weird season because my daughter is 11 now, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with an 11 year old, um, <laughs> like a big kid. And so I was walking through Walmart the other day and walked by like the little girl tutus and about had a breakdown, right? Because I'm like, oh. 
My daughter used to love those. Now she's big. What have I become? I'm an old woman. Um, and so I, I did a funny little post online about it that like went crazy. So many girl moms had everything to say about all the tutus. And so I'm going to go buy an adult like tutu. I'm just putting yes, that out there. I, I don't even yes, know what else to say. This is who I am. Scrabble and tutus. This is who I've become. I love it. <laughs> no, I love it. So that, okay, that's not my Christmas list. <laughs> okay. The Scrabble is actually really funny and very timely. So I was walking through anthropology yesterday just for some me time. Yep. And they have a Scrabble. Have you seen it? That's the one. That's the one. Is this the one? Yes. Okay, 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 okay. No, I full appreciate this. It is beautiful. I'm pretty sure. Oh, man, don't quote me. But they're like, it's not Rifle Paper Company, but like. I don't think so. Basically, they beautified Scrabble. And they it is, did, yeah. It's like, yeah. you're going to want to put it on your coffee table. Yeah. So I'm so glad okay. I'm talking about the same Scrabble. Okay, like, I then this is like what God was like, you're going to talk about that Scrabble <laughs> game because that is the one. <laughs> yes. I love it. Okay, officially adding to my list too. Perfect. Because I was like, I would play that Scrabble. Yeah, we'll like, do some Zooms. We'll do some Zooms and like Scrabble over Zoom with love our pretty Scrabble it. games. <laughs> no, I'm, I, okay. Like I'm legit going to link that in the show notes. Yes. Talk, know what we're talking about. Okay. Amazing. Now, Beautiful. while we're talking about anthropology, they, now it's not exactly a tutu, but it's a tool, like a long tool skirt. Okay. Also on my list now that I'm looking for adult tutus. So, so find, you'll find that at anthro too. I love it. See, <laughs> I can't wait to enjoy all the trends again. The bump makes oh, it very awkward. I know. I like, know. Of course, all the cute things are happening that I can't partake in. Yeah. When I'm rocking the bump. Well, hey, like the these long, like adult tutus. I mean, it's elastic, sister. Like, you can, yeah, you yeah, can pull but, that off. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or like the front tuck sweater. I miss front tucking my sweaters. <laughs> One day, we're almost Someday. there. It's coming. We'll, we'll get there again. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, you are such a joy and just a pleasure. And again, like I just so appreciate your candid and your honesty and being able to sit down and ask you the real deal questions and get get just legit. And I think there's so many like comfortable conversations about this yeah. that kind of deal with it. But this is hopefully my prayer for this is a little bit more than just deal with it. I really hope this has just been like the permission people listening need, the hug people listening need, and give a little like we're talking about like we i don't feel like an expert but i've been there enough to be like hey yeah we like hey come on like i i get it yeah but this is not the end and you just so beautifully encourage us that way so thank you for spending thank you so much for having me i appreciate it this episode of behind the bliss podcast has ended but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.